0: Having children is a form of self-torture.
1: It is. It is. Why do we do it? It's like this (laughs) fucked up biological thing we want, but there's like nothing good in it for us. Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. few items before we get started today. One is a week from tomorrow is my live show in Los Angeles, all my single friends. I realize always telling you the day before might not be the best thing when you're trying to like schedule your dating life. So March 19th, Thursday, 8.30 p.m., at the Copper Still on Beverly and Western. The most fun night of your life. You will meet new single people. You will drink free tequila, but you don't have to. You can come on stage and get coached by me and my lovely co-host. You can meet hot people. I think I said that already. And you can have a good time and laugh at stand-up comedy. So there is no reason if you are in the Los Angeles area to not come to All My Single Friends on March 19th at 8.30 p.m., Also, please, as always, send your questions, comments, everything to NotYourTherapistPodcast at gmail.com, and you can message us on Instagram, NotYourTherapistPodcast. Another thing I'm going to start doing is kind of letting you know what this week's episode is about Because I thought that would be a nice thing to do, set proper expectations. This week, I have the host of the Wondery podcast, Dying for Sex, on talking about the journey she went on with her best friend who was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer and that best friend decided to spend her time having a sexual revolution. So I have the host of that show, Nikki Boyer. She's great. And we will talk all about um, what that experience was like for her as well as her love life and... Tons of other interesting tidbits. Okay, let's get to our listener question for the day. This is a long one, so settle in. Hi, Dahlia. I have a listener question for you. I live in NYC and have been dating this guy for four months now from South Africa. Everything has been going great and we get along so well. We even see eye to eye on the difficult things such as politics, religion, and family values. However, something recently came to light that I am struggling to deal with slash get over. Before I met him, the two biggest things in my life were my family and traveling. I'm 31 and have made a great life for myself so that I could afford to make these two things a priority. They are very important to me and my hope is that they would be as well to my partner. However, with my current guy, it's become apparent traveling and thus traveling with my family, is not. He states, Because I am not from here, I want to spend all my vacation days with my family slash back home. I don't want to seem needy or insensitive, because I do understand, but it also hurts my feelings that he does not foresee spending any time off with me or my family. We go to Italy every year, and he already said he is not willing to do that. To me, this is almost a deal breaker, but everything else about him is pretty much perfect. How do I bring up that this is a big deal for me without seeming insensitive to his family and feelings? Interesting. Now, on the one hand, so basically her question is, family and traveling is super important to her. She's with this guy who's from South Africa, so whenever he can travel, he wants to go see his family. He does not want to travel with her and her family. There are a few ways to handle this. One, You could just decide you're okay with this as your reality and your future and assume it is not going to change, which is usually the safest route. And then ask yourself if this is absolutely not going to change, am I okay with this? Am I okay that my time with my family traveling is gonna be me solo? Now, there's a chance that he'll end up having a different job where he gets more time off or his schedule will become more flexible, or as you've dated for longer, because it's only been about four months, he'll feel like it's more of a priority. He'll fall more in love with you. He'll want to spend more time with your family. All of that can totally happen. uh, But I never like to assume that it's going to or stay in something, you know, under the presumption that eventually this is going to change. You have to assume this is the person you're choosing to be with. That said, four months is not that long. And you could probably afford at least a couple more before asking yourself that question and see if anything changes. My other question would be, does this way of looking at things show up in any other areas for him. Because this is a little bit selfish and a little bit kind of putting his needs before yours, which is fine in a four-month relationship. But if this shows up in other areas of his life and of your relationship, you say everything else in our relationship is perfect. We all know no relationship is perfect. Um, My mom used to always tell me, whatever fight you have, that small little fight that you constantly have is the fight you're always going to have with that person in some form or another. So, it might not always be about traveling, but it will probably always be about him putting his needs before yours in a certain way. Or, you know, it's like the tiny thing that the fight is about isn't actually what the fight is about. It's more about what's underneath that fight. So, here he's prioritizing his family, the fact that he's from another country, that he's going to want to go there and that that's more important than your family. Again, four months in is a little early to make any of these judgments. So, I would say stay in the collecting information phase for now. Ask him more questions. If you got a job that allowed more time off, will this change for you? If we've been together for longer, will this change for you? Because honestly, after four months to ask him to go on a family trip to Italy is like kind of a lot and I get it. Um, You know, do you see this changing in the future? What about when I tell you how important this is to me? Is there a compromise? What if you come on one trip a year with my family and the other times you go see your family? You know, those kind of questions get more information and also spend more time with him and see if this trait comes out in other ways. Is he kind of selfish in other ways and you're just writing it off because you like him so much, which is still kind of happening at the four month point. So, Overall, I don't think we have quite enough information, um, but I do think pay attention. Pay attention to this and see if it shows itself in other areas and then see what compromises you'd be willing to make, what compromises he would, and ask yourself, you know, if none of this ever changes, will I still be happy in this relationship? Do the pros still outweigh the cons? Because of course, every relationship there's compromises and this might be yours. So get more information, take more time. Don't make any quick decisions and probably hold off on inviting him on another family trip till you have that information. Hello, welcome. I have an extra special guest today. I have to start figuring out something better to say than that because (laughs) I always say that, but it's always true. Obviously, don't bring anybody on that is not extra special. But anyways, my guest today is an actress, a host, a coach. What else? Oh, God. A stepmom. A stepmom. A singer. A singer. A beautiful woman. I like to do, think that's so nice. So are you, by the way. Thank you. I really just, you know, bring people on here to compliment me. (laughs) Um, And she is the host of a podcast that just came out that we're going to talk about today Mm -hmm. um, on Wondery, which is an amazing podcast network called Dying for Sex. This is the host that I have with me, Nikki Boyer. Hello. Hi. Oh, hi. Thank you for joining I was, I'm me. I'm sorry. I was
0: waiting for like, like a round of applause like round of somewhere. Applause. We'll put that sound effect okay, in later. You. Great.
1: Okay. Um, Nikki is the host of this amazing podcast called Dying for Sex on Wondery. The way I would sum it up is: a woman gets diagnosed with stage four cancer, mm-hmm. which is Nikki's best friend Molly, and she decides to take this opportunity to have like her own sexual revolution. Ding
0: ding 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 ding. Perfect.
1: Which I love so much as someone who is constantly telling people to have more sex and make out more. Right. Yeah. Just love it. Really spoke to me.
0: I mean, if she, if she came to you, she, like, got advice, she would have taken it, and then she did. So. Yes.
1: She, sh- she really
0: should pay you. Because- she should pay <laughs> probably my idea.
1: No, I mean, I admire her so much. I know that obviously there are so many different reactions you can have when you are diagnosed with such a thing. And I'm sure for some people, like I always think about it and I'm like, I would probably just hide yeah, and like me disappear. Too. And mm-hmm. for her, especially when, as you guys talk a lot about in the podcast, her body is kind of yeah. deteriorating yes. in a way and a lot of different things go wrong medically, and I'd probably be like, I don't want anyone to see me like this. She was a little bit
0: like that when she was diagnosed the first time. She kind of did hide out. She was very private about it, didn't want anyone to know. Really mm-hmm. kind of secretive because she didn't want to be identified as a person with cancer, a cancer patient. Right, so she right. was kind of private. She kind of did what you and I would have done during her first diagnosis. But when she got diagnosed as terminal She's like, oh fuck! Like, yeah, I gotta She's figure. Like, this like, what do that, I have what, to yeah, lose. Exactly. What do I have to yeah. lose? Yeah.
1: Now, did the podcast come about? Was a chicken or egg situation? Like she was like, I'm doing this thing, and you're like, you that would make a great podcast. We should tell people about it. Or you were like, let's do a podcast about you. And she was like, How would I go have sexual adventures? Wouldn't like, that'd be amazing if
0: I was like, you have sex so I can make. Yes. a podcast about it. I mean, <laughs> no, it I would do that. To I somewhere. know. Right. Yes. It
1: wasn't. You know. It
0: kind of organically came, but the chick, the chicken was. Wait, what? What do I say? The chicken, the egg. The The chicken chicken was (laughs) an (laughs) analogies. We're
1: assuming the chicken is laying the egg in this case, rather than the egg hatching the chicken. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So she moved
0: out from her marriage. She moved out of the house, moved into an apartment really close to me, and we were having like these great conversations and going to lunch a lot. And I remember picking her up one day, and she was it was like eleven or twelve for lunch, and she looked amazing. I'm like, where, where, why do you look so cute? You didn't tell me we were dressing up. She's like, oh, I had two dates already. So she, she was doing it and in it and on it. And I was like, I remember driving, we were going to um, Hugo's on Riverside for those of you. And we had like six hour lunches and we were driving there and I was like, there's something here. And then I'm really good at titles for things. Like I love to come up with a title. And I was like, I think it's called Dying for Sex. What do you think? And she was like, so then that became like, the thing that we talked about and the needle that we threaded together. And then she found herself just kind of, kind of jumping in on things that maybe she might've said no to just for the sake of having something to talk about. Cause she was like, why not? Like let's go for it.
1: Yeah. So that's how it came about. I love it. Um, I have a monthly guest who I call my single out in the field. Mm-hmm. And part of it is that like I give her assignments and she has to say yes That's and brilliant. do them and like go on It's accountability, on right? Yeah. It's kind of There is something about it when like you know you're going to record, you know <laughs> someone's going to ask you about it. you are like, okay, I'm going to go have this experience. And she, Molly, had some wild experiences yeah. on your podcast that I heard about. Some of them reminded me of myself. And I was like, am I just insane that like I was willing to have these kind of experiences without a terminal prognosis? <laughs> like I, think that's I had no excuse. Actually. I love that actually about you. But I wish, I think in listening to it, I was like, and and I encourage all of my listeners to listen to it because I think there's really something to be learned from the attitude she took. And I don't think that you have to be diagnosed as terminal right. in order to that's, go have those adventures. I
0: think that's really the whole point. And it doesn't have to be sex. It could be what yeah, is it that you're it craving. Is. Totally. And then the other thing to take away from this is that you know people draw their line in the sand so deeply. And then you don't know what you're capable of or what you're going to crave right. when like things change yeah. or when someone says you're dying but if yeah. you think about it like we're all on this time timeline we don't know when we're going to die so why do we have to wait I mean listen this is for me too right. why do we have to wait for someone to say I'm so sorry you're sick and it's not going to get any better like why can't we give ourselves that permission now right what what is holding us back from having that? So Right. As you guys
1: say at the beginning of every episode, you say, you know, she's dying and she's like, well, we all are. Right. And you're like, yeah, but you're dying yeah. a little faster than everybody else. <laughs> right. And I love that. But we all are. and We yeah. all could at any given moment. The only right. major difference I would say is like, I think there was one, at least one where she's like... Um, Oh, she you she was talking about just like going over to someone's yeah, house, random which guy. normally I wouldn't really recommend for a <laughs> right. first encounter, though I've definitely done it myself. <laughs> um, where she's like, What are they gonna do? Kill me, I'm right. already dying. Like <laughs> exactly. I love that. I love that. And I uh, aside from like the actual real dangers that right. could pose for somebody, um, I would say like let's have a little bit more of that infused mm-hmm. in our dating lives, you yeah. know, of a little like you know, do uh, obviously do your best to protect yourself. Right. But like everything doesn't have to be so precious. I right. And like so, she doesn't overanalyze anything. She's not like, she, this was interesting. Okay, so let's back it up a little no, bit. No, I love this. This is she, good. She um, left her marriage of 15 years mm-hmm. when she found this out, which I thought was interesting because I, yeah. I feel like a lot of people, as you say, I think at one point in the podcast, would really be going for... Comfort at that point. They yeah. would be going, I need my support system. Like that's why a lot of people say they want a long-term partner is like for when they get sick, someone to take care of them, to support them, who's gonna be there when like things fall apart. And she kind of went like, fuck this, I'm out of here. Yeah. Can you yeah. talk about that a yeah, little bit? Yeah, I can talk, you know. It's
0: interesting because relationships they ebb and they flow and some of them have seasons. And and I think when there's a caretaker mentality around, you know, when you're with somebody who's really ill it shifts things, it changes things emotionally, sexually. And I think they went through so much together on that first diagnosis. You know, she went through so much and was doing it privately. So he really was her touchstone for a lot of things, but they just weren't a good match in terms of like, relationship, like sexual partner relationship mm-hmm. stuff. And she was very open about that with me and on the podcast. But when she got the diagnosis that she was terminal, they were actually in couples counseling. And oh, wow. we tell that mm-hmm. in the yeah, podcast. Right, and it was too. just a, an interesting moment for her. I think it was a light bulb moment of, listen, he's not a, a bad person. He's my husband. But he's just not the right person for me. And he's not the right person for me in the context of what I'm about to go through. And so she would always say it It sounded very magical and and pretty when she would say it, but I can't, she would say, I can't, how does she say it? I can't self realize in the context of this relationship, Mm. which Mm -hmm. I was like, what does that mean? And then through the podcast, I kind of started to understand that there was just, that wasn't possible for her. So she left and did it on good terms and handled it as well as she could. But I, I'm sure it's very layered, you know, for, for him. Yeah. Difficult. Definitely. Sometimes. It
1: seems like they kind of maintain a friendship yeah. after that. And I think it's interesting too. It's like, so, doesn't mean he wasn't right for her for those 15 years. Exactly. But it's just like, right. you know, we assume that one person is going to be right for us forever in every circumstance. And that's kind of unrealistic to expect mm-hmm. from one person. Mm-hmm. And it also makes sense that they went through this once together already right. and it didn't, maybe he he gave her as much support as he could, but it wasn't, whatever she right. needed it to be and yeah. so then when it happened again she was like i'm gonna do it differently this time yeah and i kind of love that too because it would be easy to be like i'm just gonna go with the status quo like we're already here yeah. who cares yeah and she was be, like
0: yeah she was like i don't want to be safe i don't want to be status quo i don't want to stay in something that isn't working because of the cancer she didn't want to give the cancer that power of of kind of
1: painting her into a corner of staying right. in a relationship that she t- did not want to be in. Right, like hope somebody cares about you, like right. you better <laughs> stay with the person you're already with and right. she was like fuck this, I'm going to go like have fun and do what I want to do. Yeah. Also, she did for a little bit and I won't I won't give too much away cuz I want people to yeah, listen to this podcast cuz it's great, but she starts by having just like sexy, video, photo, mm-hmm. yeah. sexy chatting, which he, her husband does find out about and is fine with.
0: Yeah. I think he realized that this was something she needed to do to kind of get back into her body and it was all digital as long as it wasn't emotional and that worked for a minute. Yeah. And then she, I think she realized this isn't working. Yeah. Like I did want to take it into the real world. Yeah. And she
1: didn't want to take it into the real world behind his back. So she left. I think so brave and badass and cool and awesome. I know. So if there's
0: anybody out there that wants more sex, have it. Yeah. If there's anybody out there
1: that's in a relationship where the sex isn't right and the relationship isn't right,
0: why are you
1: staying? Right. Right? Right. Right. Do not stay there so someone you'll have someone to take care of you when you're 75 because you won't like them then either. (laughs) (laughs) Like you definitely won't. Right? You don't like them now. Hate grows too, people. Love grows and so does hate. Exactly. I think, I mean, she's such an inspiration. I think people should oh, listen. I love that. One question yeah. about her kind of like methods of madness. She was going to, she was, she set out to embark on this like sexual revolution. I noticed, and I know a lot of stories didn't make it into the podcast, so I'm curious. Um, she kind of brushes over a little bit, figuring out her own. Uh, pleasure and mm-hmm. sexuality. Yeah. And she spends a lot of, a lot of the stories that just, that you, that are crazy, that are amazing to listen to, but they're a lot about the guy's Yeah, her going into their world. Yes. Right. And like, okay, this is your kink. I'm into it. Let's try it. Teach me it. Like, okay, let me get you off. Like, let mm-hmm. like there's a lot of dealing with people's sperm, which is like very nice of her. And <laughs> so generous. Yeah, so generous soul. And I was just kind of like, oh, that's not really what I was expecting mm-hmm. when she said she was going to have a sexual revolution, maybe because I'm coming off of reading this book, Come As You Are. I don't know if you've read it. No. But it's all about kind of like re changing the way we think about women's sexuality and our pleasure and very focused on the woman's pleasure. So I kind right. of listened to this right off of that and was like, hey, where's her pleasure? Exactly. Like what's no, going on? Great
0: point. That is a very valid question. I think as the story unfolds, um, it's kind of a two part answer. Firstly, you get clear about, uh, the fact that she's dealing with some adversity and healing some old wounds. Mm-hmm. And That's I think true. you get clear as to why when she enters the sex game, sort of that it's on, on her terms, but it's about their pleasure. Right. And she found time for her own pleasure, but I do think when she entered the world, it was very much what she had learned and how she had learned to be that way from her past. Right. Totally. Like, we, we used to always laugh, like, when's the porn over? Oh, it's when the guy comes. Of course. Of course, like, who does, yes. It's, it's, how's the woman? uh Yeah. So, and there's a lot of shame around women's sexuality. And so, if you listen to, if you have the same thoughts that you did, like, through episodes one and two and three, I say just hang on because it does resolve. It does come to a conclusion. She does sort of come to her own version of why she did that. But I think it's also important to say that Molly, I don't think really got, I don't think she really got that thing that we a lot of us get in our youth where we get to kind of explore on our own terms. Mm -hmm. And you can see through the podcast how she comes to terms with that and Mm -hmm. how she kind of in the reclaiming even though it's messy and some of it looks like it's all on the guy's terms yeah. that's kind of part of the process she needs to go through to get to where she gets to totally. i know that's kind of cryptic but i don't want no, to tell too much away but don't you know what away. i mean yeah. right like yeah. it's it's kind of like we sometimes have to come in and make a mess before we can clean totally. it up right and you
1: have to start with like well it makes sense that as a woman i think a sexual revolution is still very much like what does this weird guy do? Like, I'm down <laughs> instead of like, what do I want right. for me? You know, I could see that kind of being the last part of the answer. Yeah, yeah, you um, get it. Another thought I had with that as I was like musing about this was I was kind of like, also, I feel like a lot of attention is probably put on her body mm-hmm. as a cancer patient. Mm-hmm. And she's constantly dealing with like caretakers and people who are like, how are you feeling? How's this part of your body? How's that? That it maybe it's nice to transfer almost that caretaking to oh my the God, other I never side even thought of yeah. that. that's
0: brilliant okay. yeah no that's actually so that's so insightful and so smart but i now that like i bet yeah i bet that has a lot to do with it because it's a lot of taking taking
1: taking yeah. and then and a lot of like focus on yeah. your body and then you there's almost maybe a freedom to like don't focus worry about my else. orgasm and i'm some, fine yeah. what's yours you know Oh my gosh that's so interesting it also kind of reminds me of like when I was in high school and I was a huge slut and I was like, <laughs> me too. so I mean it's very important to life, <laughs> but I gave so many blowjobs right. and I was like, I think it's like a almost a power. Mm-hmm. It's almost like. I have more power. It's less vulnerable for me. I have more power taking care. Like this way I'm like, I took care of you. You needed me. Like I don't need anything because I'm strong and powerful. (laughs) And it's (laughs) so interesting how some women, that's the messaging and other women are like, I'm strong and powerful, like eat my pussy. (laughs) And then some women are like, I'm strong and powerful. I made you come. It's like very interesting. interesting. I wonder where that comes from in all of us. Like where we
0: learned that sort of wiring of what is considered pleasurable. Is it the
1: control? Is it the submission? Right. I don't, is it the take? I mean, I'm a Jewish, so I kind <laughs> of think I have the natural like caretaker, yeah. like, let me get you a snack tendency, right. which makes me feel like safe and secure to take care of someone else. Yes. So yeah, it just kind of occurred to me with her that maybe that was a little bit of like, okay, I've had enough of people taking care of my body. Interesting. You know, yeah. I want the, the power that comes with yeah. caring for someone else. Wow.
0: I love that. I'm yeah. going like, to carry that in my pocket.
1: Yeah. And I'll say to that, one of my favorite stories, I think it was episode four. Mm-hmm. I won't say what it was. Okay. Wait. But other okay. people should listen to it. Okay. The one. M- mouth it to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love this. Episode. I love that one because it was like you, especially. It was interesting listening to you because I could be like, "Wow, her like Nikki is so not judgmental about what her friend is doing, right?" But and then, then you had moments where you are like, "Wait a minute, what? Like that, that doesn't sound like it was like, good for you, douchebag, yeah. right?" And then and then you'd kind of like work through that, right? And be like, oh, okay, I see how that was actually for <laughs> you." So, anyways, people should listen because it's fascinating. But also, I feel like there is it's a really interesting look at like kind of sexual dynamics and adventure Mm -hmm. and like who's getting what. And it's not always what you think it is. You know, it's not always serving the person it seems to be serving. Right, And I think it's also great because I think especially in this day and age with dating, a lot of people have been like, It's kind of been turned into like sex for the guy and like, fuck them, they're trying to use me for sex. (laughs) Or it's like, or it's the opposite of that. And it's like, I'm using them for sex. And it's like, or both people could be getting very different things out of it, you know, and it's good for both of them. And what if we choose to see how, if we went seeking out that hookup and then we feel used after, which can happen. Right maybe we need to like back up mm-hmm. a little and be like, but what was I really looking, looking for, for. With that? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting too. Because she also says, um, "You." um, there's a moment where you're like, she's trying to feel less alone. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people who like hook up a lot or date a lot are like, I feel so alone yeah. because of that. And so I'm like, it's interesting how for her, that made her feel less alone. I know, right? It's, yeah. yeah, it's how we all, yeah. Because sometimes, you know, so, like I always say, like
0: in every... Rom-com or dramatic movie that you see, there's always a funeral scene. And then after that, somebody's having sex, right? True. So sex and death and aloneness. And mm-hmm. there's something, like Molly always says, there's something... um that feels very creative about the sexual process with somebody, whether it's his pleasure, her pleasure. There's just something where two bodies come together and it can be really, if you're open to it, it can be really healing. But just like one night stands fucking after a right. funeral, sometimes leaves you feeling less empty. For me, it's like not to sound empty, so airy-fairy, but it's a little bit of like being mindful with your sexuality Mm -hmm. and being knowing what you're going in for, setting expectations and then being okay if it doesn't all work out beautifully and not taking it really so personally. So personally, yeah. Oh God, I wish I could have, I wish I could talk to my 20-year-old self. Yeah, well that's the thing, you kind of
1: have to go through that in your 20s. That's why I'm always saying it should be illegal to get married before you're 30. Wait, shut up. You say that, I say this. Do you say I this? I say this. It's true. But I haven't this heard you say just shows this. that it's true. I oh say it <laughs> all the time. All the time. It should be I- illegal. Illegal. Because it's wrong. Because you're yes. not a person yet. You're no, not no, a person yet. I got married yet. at 24. Oh, I got married got at 22. It. And divorced at 23. Oh, jeez. That was quick. Uh, Good for you. Thank you. I made my decision Congrats. very quickly. Thank you so much. <laughs> got in got out. Felt great about it. I loved it. How long was yours? I was married for... Um,
0: Oh you know, nine, ten 10 years.
1: Oh, wow. You really committed.
0: Yeah. And, but it was the right person for me in At that the chunk time. At the time, yes. For those and then 10 we years. We just outgrew each
1: other. And totally. I was like, uh. How did you know? Now we'll go into you while we're here. How did you know <laughs> that it was time to go when you were like 34, 35?
0: It took me a few years to know. And I kept thinking to myself, If I have children, he was just a lovely human being. I still actually, we don't really communicate, but he's, I think of him very fondly and he's moved on has a wife and a kid and very happy. And I think when I realized, like, I kept, I kept thinking to myself, like, okay, our careers are important. Do we want to have kids together? And I kept putting it off and putting it off and I kept ignoring it. And I'm like, I want to be a mom, but I'm not threading the needle of being a mom after being married for eight years right. what's like, going on now, here? when and I knew that he was not capable for me for my love language to be able to make me feel the way I wanted to feel um I, I just kept thinking it's gonna be his career and then it's gonna be the kids and then I'm gonna fall to the bottom mm. and maybe it's because I'm like an egomaniac sometimes but I really want to be the most important person in someone's can life.
1: can I ask what he did for a living um he's an actor there you go. There it was. Oh, you're so I bad. knew it. I knew it. I knew it. So- so I was like, that's the only person that wouldn't put make you feel like a priority, only because like you're stunning. Oh. You're an actress. Like, listen, we I was, know we right. should be the center of attention, <laughs> and if you're with someone who doesn't know that, they're
0: probably an actor.
1: I really hadn't come into
0: myself, and I was a little bit of an asshole
1: as well. Like, mm. I was like.
0: I was probably not the best version of myself that I could be. This was a while
1: ago. Right, you were in your twenties. Yeah, hello. My brain wasn't fully formed. I'm kind of like, do you count? Yeah, Yeah, not really. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. But um, I'm so glad that you know. And this sounds really silly, but I'm so glad that I married him because I learned so much, and I really learned what I did want, and I think he learned what he did want
1: and what our non-negotiables were. But we kind of had to wear each other out in the process. Yeah, totally, totally. And. How was Molly during that time with you? Because because I hear you supporting her a lot in the yeah. podcast, and I'm like, I'd love to have seen yeah. the friendship before this as well. Yeah, you know? Molly was always a source of just genuine wisdom. Mm-hmm.
0: Always, even though she her own life may have been a mess at times, she was um she's so non judgmental. She's so open and available. Really, could have been a therapist. Very able to sort of flip the script and look at it from different points of view. And she just, she has just a beautiful way of holding you accountable, but also being sort of empathetic as well. Mm -hmm. Um, She was amazing through all of this because we, we both got married within our friendship. We both got separated. We both, you know, we went through some serious stuff yeah. together. I mean, yeah. I was there with her the day she met her husband. Wow. She was at my wedding. I didn't get to go to her wedding. I was supposed to be her maid of honor, but my brother was ill at the time. So like with cancer, which is crazy. It's like crazy. our lives, I mean, when you're friends with somebody for 20 for something years, you go through all of it together. Mm-hmm. And then I think about those women that are friends for like 50 years. Yeah. Like, right? Like- what are we and our friends going to be talking about 20 years from now?
1: It's, this will all seem like, I mean, oh, yeah, remember, like, oh remember, remember that? That was cute. <laughs> that was really cute. I yeah. It's, I mean, that's what's amazing too is like those friendships because we don't know always what's going to happen with romantic relationships. Right. We love to think they're going to last our whole lives, but like the friendships really, really do. And that person will see you in every single situation.
0: Totally. Like we grew up together, you know? Totally. So yeah. So she was very much there for me. And I remember when I wanted to leave – my husband, and I had a lot of shame around it. I felt like the bad girl. I was doing something wrong for asking for a divorce. I was doing wrong moving out. And I think Molly was always there saying, there's nothing that you can't right. do there's things wrong. Shame. There's no, there's no rule book to how to live life. Like, but I was raised an Italian I'm Catholic, you know, and I went to all girls Catholic high school and I was like, oh my gosh, this is against everything. And I'm like, no, then I, she was always just really, she's always really good at Finding the, uh, how do I say this? Finding the center of things, like getting to the heart of things and, and getting rid of the shame, which ties into you know when she got diagnosed she was like uh-uh yeah we're not gonna have that doesn't
1: kind this. of explain how she was cause I, i also can imagine i mean obviously i have no idea how i would react if that happened to me yeah you think but you do right in but then theory like, i'm like i think it would take me a while to figure out like what i want to do with that information and with that time yeah. in my life and it feels like she kind of zoomed in on it right away and was like i know what i need to do i yeah. have a sexual revolution but, like <laughs> duh what has to I happen i think it took her like
0: Six weeks to to pack up and leave and move and get clear. I on mean, that. that's, that's a flash, flash right? Yeah, that's impressive. After what would 15 you like? Years. I know this is kind of morbid, but let's do it. Okay, I'm doing you I'm have oh, god. three years <gasps> left in this body. Oh my god, what are you gonna do? <sighs> Such a good question. I, I hmm. doesn't it change like every five seconds in your brain? Yeah, like, I'm, do I'm it. like I, I, would I would travel.
1: It. I would I would cook. I would bake. I'm like, that's boring. And then I'm like, you know, I would make Matt quit his job and travel with me. And then I'm like, no, I would leave Matt and go like date everybody in the world because I have three years and he should find another fiance, you know, like, what are we doing? You know? And also then I'd be like, I'll be more sad. I know. But- I don't know. What would you do? Have you thought about this a lot because of yeah, conflict? I
0: have, and it might like you. My answer changes like whether I'm PMSing or I'm having a good day mm-hmm. or I'm yeah. crabby in traffic. But I think travel more, see more yeah, of the traveling world. Traveling sounds right. I'm really, I'm in a really, I can't even believe, like I am in the most fulfilled relationship I've ever been in. Gotta hear about with it. my boyfriend for mm-hmm. eleven years now almost, uh-huh. and. I just want to be with him and my family. Like for me, it's, and and for Molly, I think too, connecting with human beings is like the most magical thing ever. Mm -hmm. And for me, it would be about experiences and connections
1: and travel and, And I don't know. So do you not feel the need to give a lot of blowjobs once you only have three years left to live? No, none. I wouldn't give a, I give blowjobs to my boyfriend, Boyfriend, but like not to like,
0: but like if, if it was like, oh, do I want to like go have sex and fuck around? I did all of that. Yeah, me too. Right. I did all of that, that. but I can easily see how that would be so titillating for someone who didn't get to do that. Right. 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 For those of us that weren't sluts in high school, like, yes, Mm -hmm, open mm -hmm, for business. mm -hmm, Let's do this. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Was she not? Not really. She didn't really get that part of... Right.
1: She just Some people just don't... I just assume everyone was a slut in high school, but then I realized, mm, actually, not a lot of people... I mean, if you don't... Listen, if you don't do it in high school, you got to do it in your 20s then. Like, you just make some time to be a slut at some point. Carve out some time. It's really (laughs) an important piece of self-care, just so you don't have regrets later in life. (laughs) You know? It's worth it. We're just looking out for you. Just like be safe and use protection. Yes. Um, so what happened? Okay. So she was very supportive of your leaving your husband. Mm-hmm. You got a divorce. Mm-hmm. And then were you in like the LA dating world for a bit? Like For what like happened? four seconds. What happened? How'd you get I I was so lucky? I ended up... <laughs> lucky. That's
0: hilarious. I ended up... This is such a mess. I was in... Okay. 20 something years ago, I... I came to L.A., I met a guitar player. He and I became friends and started doing music together. Wow. He introduced me to this guy who was recording music at his house, and I went over there. I met him. I met his girlfriend, fiance, or whatever at the time. We stayed connected, friends. His wife was in my band. I would go to their house occasionally to record music, Mich- like acquaint- like L.A. Mm-hmm. acquaintances. Mm-hmm. You know, they are friends, but you see each other here and there and do creative projects together. Flash forward to I'm getting separated and then he's getting separated whoa. and our worlds kind of collided. And I really did think he was just going to kind of be just really like a safe, like backup, like, yeah, like a bone fest. Like, let's just whoa. do this for fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know you, you know me, we're not. And then 11 years later, he's like, yeah, my person.
1: And he has two kids. So I'm a stepmom. Yeah. And talk been, about that.
0: Ooh, girl.
1: How is it being a stepmom? Because I get, I, I do have a lot of, you know, a lot of people who are in the kind of LA singles market mm-hmm. have been previously married or have mm-hmm. children. Yeah. And I hear a lot of different, like, varying levels of I would be into that or I wouldn't. Yeah. So can you talk about a little as someone yeah. who's had the experience? Well, thanks for asking. Thank you. Yeah. Because
0: it's funny because um, Molly was, you know, kind of on this journey with me. And as your friend watching, she's, she's always like... What the fuck is going on, right? So when I met Tommy, his kiddos were like three and a half and six. Damn. Little. Yeah. So for me, it looked like a shiny, fun, like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, and were you delicious. still hoping to have a child,
1: like have a child? Or I were you kind of that open at that point? I wanted to have a
0: biological child. Mm-hmm. So I knew that if anybody that I was going to kind of sink my teeth into was going to have to be open to that. Mm-hmm. And so... That did not work out for me at Mm -hmm, all. mm -hmm. Like, that's, and and it's funny because as Molly's going through like some of the most intense moments of her life, I was. Also in my bed, dealing with some of the most intense moments of my life, I going through miscarriages. Mm. I had six of them. So you she were was, trying to have a child oh with this gosh, boyfriend, yes. and he so was down, but it just wasn't working. It with was your not body. working. Was I better. am an anomaly. I have gone to every fertility specialist. I have been through it all. I am the most fertile fucking person in the world, but something is genetically wrong with my ovaries, and no one can figure it out. Oh like I God. cannot produce a genetically normal egg wow isn't that crazy That's crazy so as i'm dealing with my version of a health crisis Mm -hmm. molly's dealing with her version and you would think that you know i think stage four breast cancer is it's kind of up on the on the list, like fertility issues horrible stage four breast cancer trumps that i can't Mm. use i use the word trump i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) um so but, but she was she was very there for me during all of that and never made me feel like my issue was any less than she said to me once, like, this is your cancer. This is your version of cancer. Mm. And I'm so sorry. I just love that she got it. So I'm bouncing all over the place, but anyway, I get into this relationship, fall in love, which, you know, we've been together for 11 years. We did go through almost five years of, of fertility issues. Mm. And in the process, I'm trying to help raise his daughters 50% of the time. Wow. So my experience of being a stepmom. it's is is unique because I'm trying to have my own baby while raising someone else's babies. Mm-hmm. Recipe for fucking disaster. Yeah. But somehow we've managed to work it out to maintain as a family unit and to work through, you know, all the drama together. And now they're like sixteen and Crazy. thirteen. I know I have teenagers. I have like two girls in my house that are walking around with boobs bigger than me and I'm like, what? But How is
1: that? How's like being a stepmom to teenagers? You know what? I mean, if I had a there it's funny. It's layered. They're amazing human beings,
0: like kind, generous, loving, respectful. Like I scored when it came to getting stepkids, scored.
1: But I'm sure also it matters that you're not like a difficult or horrible stepmom, Uh, you know? I can be. No. A little (laughs) bit, a little tiny bit.
0: No, I just, um, (gasps) you know, as the person that's the non-biological parent, I don't have those rose-colored glasses. So when I see something that's stupid, I don't go, you know Let's talk about it. I go, that's stupid. Mm-hmm, like, I mm-hmm. have no problem being like, that's ridiculous. Why are you doing it? Because I don't have that tether. Right, right. Like, right I don't right. have that understanding. They're not like
1: perfect magical beings. I don't in think your they eyes. are. Right. But I
0: hope that through the, I don't think they're perfect and magical, that I've given them some tools to end up somehow perfect and magical. Maybe
1: everyone needs like a stepmom in their <laughs> house because someone needs to see you as the outside world sees you. It's like how you, if you go to therapy, but you don't tell your therapist what you're really like, it like yes. doesn't help. You yes. need some witness to come in and be like, actually, they're an asshole. Right. And then your therapist can really help you. I you might know? overcompensate. Like the pendulum might swing a little too far in the wrong
0: direction sometimes because I get a little controlling and think, I've got to save them or I've got to protect mm. them. But... As teenagers now, they have their own thoughts and ideas, and I really liked it when they were little and just thought everything I said was awesome. And mm-hmm. now they challenge, not in an aggressive way, but like they really have a, a, their own point of view, and I love that.
1: But sometimes I'm like, ugh, yeah. just do what I yeah. say. Like, I'm right, you're wrong. <laughs> like you'll figure it out later. <laughs> totally. <laughs> How did you? Um, how long did your boyfriend wait before introducing you to them? Cause I get that question too of like, good when one. do I introduce my kid or when should I expect what to meet their kid? I'm just curious what you, I've never even asked a professional what they think. Um, I take most of my advice on this from Dan Savage. who I love I, Ben Savage. Dan Savage. Love that. I mean, did I say Ben? Ben, ben which is... <laughs> his brother, his that's world. his brother. Shut up. Um, Dan. I love Dan Savage. Dan Savage. Sorry, Dan. No relation to Fred <laughs> or Ben. Um, maybe <laughs> though. Maybe they're related. I never thought about that. But uh, he's always like... I think he says at least like six months or something. He's like... He thinks it should be... because. He thinks it should be a while because Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be confusing to the kid. And it's confusing to the kid. If you don't know if you're gonna stay together, you shouldn't be introducing them right away. And I'll have clients who will be like, he hasn't introduced me to his kids yet, and I feel like I'm not being taken seriously. And I'm like, No, you are being taken seriously because he doesn't want to mess things. His first priority is his kids. If a guy's like, Hey, on our third day, you want to meet my kid, like to me, that's poor judgment. And they shouldn't. Yeah. They shouldn't be doing that. They should be putting their kids first. And then, you know, when they know they've been with you for a while and you're not going anywhere, then I think they can slowly introduce you to the kids. So I don't know if there's a strict time frame on it, but I think it's like a judgment call of like...
0: I think so too. He w- We waited. I mean, you have to remember that we were all in the you same social circle, time, so I knew them so, as yeah. babies, mm-hmm. but they, but to be introduced into sort of the, the context of this is, you know, the person I'm with, we, I mean, it was like a good year. And I remember being so mad that we yeah. were waiting for so long. Like I remember, <laughs> this is so fucking stalky of me. <laughs> they came to this little like celebration near my neighborhood, a holiday celebration, I knew he was bringing the kids. I just kind of walked around and followed them and looked at them together. Like as this, like watching (laughs) him as a dad, like holding their hands and walk around with them. And I fell in love with that. I was like, oh my God. Now flash forward to where I am now. If you're dating a guy that has kids and you guys are thinking about, should we move in? Should we wait? Mm. Enjoy your space. Enjoy your apartment. Stay there as long as you Basically fucking <laughs> possibly can because the moment you merge, it's like honeymoon phase of anything. Yeah. The first three or four months is like family dinners and then this It's so, so fun, fun and yeah. movies yeah. and then it becomes laundry, bullshit, laundry, dishes, schedules, that I mentioned, laundry, and bullshit. Like, enjoy that freedom. And I don't mm-hmm. mean to sound like a cranky bitch. No, I'm just being a realist. Yeah, if they're not your enjoy kids, I mean, enjoy it. The, the space that you have where you get to be a person, he gets to be a person, and you guys come together. Having said that, I have a lovely home. My fucking kids are awesome. They do their own laundry. They're amazing. They do chores. They hug me. We say, I love you. There's so much love. But, like, as a parent, like, you, you don't get to check out you don't get Mm -hmm. to say i'm not doing this today it's always there like it's right there how
1: did you kind of discuss with him like before you moved in kind of responsibilities or like how much you were going to be the parent versus being just like the girlfriend that doesn't have any stake in this like you know like i assume that it gets kind of complicated with yeah how did you kind of was it kind of just like we'll deal with it as it comes up or like were there parameters set in place for what your role was with them?
0: I think we're 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 the we're kind of over communicators. That mm-hmm. couple, that's like let's talk about it. We want to punch her. But I think that's
1: better than the alternative. Yeah. So we sure. talked
0: about it a lot, and of course things come up where you're like, oh, we didn't prepare for this one, but we did talk about it. I'm super Type A, and he's super chill. Um, so it kind of works. Like if this would be me and my ex husband, this would be battles, mm-hmm. right? We're mm-hmm. both Type A. Mm-hmm. Um, So it's really nice to kind of let him, he always says to me, like your relationship with them is yours. Like I'm not getting in the middle of that. And I will have your back here and there, not all times, but if you're going to argue and fight and battle this out, like that's between you guys. So he has a really great way of bowing out, telling me when I'm right and telling me when I'm kind of being Mm -hmm, an asshole. mm -hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, but we did sit down and kind of hash things out. I'm the chore chart doer. You know what? Like, as a woman too, mm-hmm. like I taught them how to bathe, I taught them how to care for themselves. Wow. I taught them how to, like, do the things that a mom does. Yeah. But and you know, dads
1: are awesome, amazing, but they don't get like right. in it. Well, sometimes. especially not the two all girls. Of I feel like they're probably so different like, with daughters. Mm, yeah, stay away from that. Yeah. How did that work with the? mother of them yeah you just made a great face well listen
0: no matter how awesome a mom is no matter how amazing of a person there is she doesn't live in my brain and she doesn't do what i think is right right should, right you're right yeah. mm-hmm. we're very different have different perspectives different. and you kind of knew each other already mm-hmm. too yeah we right? know each other
1: was that hard that it was was she upset was she oh, like oh yeah i mean i can imagine where my mind would yeah. go as i'd be like were you guys always seeing each other? Right. Like, no. You know, were we you always weren't. interested in each other? The funny thing is, other? I didn't
0: even look at him that way. Like, people are like, you must have known. And I was like, I no, kind of did. Yeah.
1: Which why I always tell people, like, that's why people get together who have been friends for years or whatever, right. is because a spark grows over time by seeing that person in different contexts. Yes. And so you oh, shouldn't be chasing like an instant spark, because that's usually the actor you're going to marry who's not going to work out very well. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it. It's fine. <laughs> that's so funny. It's great. It's great.
0: yeah it was it was a very messy situation navigating that with her she's a lovely human being she does you know what she thinks is best for her girls Mm -hmm. and I do what I think is best for her girls Mm -hmm. so (laughs) when you say
1: like I taught them to bathe I taught them was it battling like I'm teaching them this and she's teaching them that or was it kind of like okay like did you kind of have to negotiate it around each other's
0: No, I just did what I thought was right. And she did what she thought was right, you know? And I think we kind of oddly filled out the gaps, but I had resentment Mm -hmm. because I was, felt like I was doing a lot of the dirty work. Yeah, wow. Right? Like when you're a stepmom, I think you go into it thinking, I'm gonna be the bonus fun, party. right? Totally. And I was doing the nitty gritty, like that stuff. So I think I had a little bit of frustration and resentment. Some of that I brought on myself mm-hmm.
1: because I'm so type A, right? And is she more of like a laid back, yeah, type laid like back, he was? free yeah, spirit,
0: yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That, you know, yeah. just
0: kind of a go with the flow kind of gal. And I'm like, where are we going? What are we doing? Are we prepared? You know, let's be. I just, I just, that's how I, I think ahead. I'm a think. I'm a think aheader. I
1: think you're yeah. he- <laughs> ahead. Think, think, something. Think aheader. Like that. You're a think aheader. Clearly, I didn't think about yeah, what was just going on about enough. that word. Um, d- did you ever have to? This, this could be a weird question, Ooh, but yeah, did you're you, good. This is you go there. I'm just getting in there. I never have anyone who has up Because and yet, I know a lot of people who have to kind of answer this question for themselves. Of like, would they be okay with that? How do you handle that? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, because I also always tell a lot of my clients who are in their mid to late 30s, I'm like, you're mm-hmm. you're coming up on the second round of guys. They've yep. already been married once. Probably have they some have kids. kids. Like, get used to it. This is a lot get of what's out there. Get used to that
0: there's a dynamic. Like, you, you
1: acquire an ex-wife as well. Right. Like, you acquire that right. woman. Especially if there's children involved. How do you... So, do you... You get along. Yeah. 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 And did you ever have to have like a sit down or like a a face to face meeting? We we attempted those things. Mm -hmm.
0: And in the moment, we'd be like, yes, we're on the same page. And then you go off to your own corners Mm -hmm. and everything falls apart. So after a while, you just stop fighting the fight and you just go, you do you, I do me. And we just kind of agree to disagree. And there's a like... I. I think she's a kind person. We have a, a like a very friendly rapport, but like we're not having family dinners together, which is weird because I'm the kind of person that's wired for that. Like right. I'm like, let's bring it all together. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't work out that way. Right, right. We're just not wired for that.
1: I do think you know because I've heard this that like some that is actually there's a lot of extra support that comes with you know because some people are like oh when parents get divorced and there's a broken home, but if all the parents are on board and good parents and they, they end up with other people who are also on board and good parents. Yeah. Like the kid gets bonus more support yeah. and parents. But I think you're right. I don't think it all has to be agreed upon and brought together. Exactly. It can just be you're going to experience a lot of different people with a lot of different ideas and that's good for your growth that's too, 10%.
0: That's like, I always say to the kids, like if every teacher that you had at school was exactly the same and used the same tactics, mm. you'd glaze over and you mm-hmm. wouldn't even like absorb it. So right. I think they're getting lots of great things. Honestly, I think the most that they get is from their dad. Yeah. Like the two that's women good. in their life, like I'm a control freak and their moms, you know, whatever. And, but he's like, he's steady and vulnerable and emotional. And, but I say to him, I've helped you show up that way because Mm -hmm. I do the dirty work sometimes Mm -hmm. and you get to tune into them emotionally and nothing more beautiful than a little girl or a middle-aged daughter, I mean middle-aged, a middle Mm school-aged daughter getting their, having their dad be kind of as present and available as he is. So, but I also feel like I help. I'm like sure. I'm 100% that. sure you're I like, like to take credit for yeah, other people's take, work.
1: Take all the credit, you should. Because
0: of me. <laughs> no, but there is something to yeah, that, no, right? Yeah, totally. So yeah, I mean, it's just fascinating. The blended family thing is like, it looks really pretty on Instagram, mm-hmm. right? I bet. But the day in and day out is um, triggering, difficult, beautiful. But when the pretty moments happen, they almost... Like, you know, like when you're with your family that you do things that you kind of have to do because they're your family? Mm-hmm. But I always say to the girls... I choose like I always choose to do it. I don't have to do anything. So uh, my love is almost kind of more magical because I'm actually I'm just consciously choosing to say right, yes to this. Right, are not like with I you. have
1: to love you. Yeah, you're like I I do because yeah, I just do because, because, of because of... You as a human and I've spent time with you and I've also yeah. made the choice to love you. Yeah. So yeah. my weird question was: so the girls are like 13 and 16 now? Yeah. Do you have to talk about like sex. Stuff oh, with full them? On. Are I'm they the law. I'm the person they podcast? come to me. Yeah. Like, what is going My on? My 16
0: year old is very wise. Almost like when she walks in the room, I'm like, who is this like 35 year old woman? She mm-hmm. walks in and she's just like wise and smart and very an old soul. And she's a filmmaker and like, she's just. Great. Yeah. Um, and she's listening to the Dying for Sex mm-hmm. podcast, and she's just loving it. Um, I thought maybe it was too much for her, but her brain is so wired
1: for it. Did she check she, with you first? Yes, yeah, she Was she, did. she like, am I allowed to listen yeah. to this?
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, and... So yeah, so we... Wait, what was the question? Oh my God, just, my brain. Do you have to deal with like their... Like who taught them about sex? Oh, yeah, do you yeah, answer yeah. the sex I'm, I'm pretty much the person that they come to about sex. I'm pretty much... Because think about it. Like going to... Sometimes your parents yeah. just yeah. feels like... Ugh. And then there's like the cool aunt or the cool yeah, uncle. Yeah, you're or like cool, that. I'm that. And they come to me and... But when they do shit that's like stupid, I don't... Like I'm like, no, no, we're not doing this anymore. Like I... I take things personally sometimes because of the choosing. Like mm-hmm. I choose to help you, I choose to love you, I choose to do. the, That sounds harsh. I don't choose to love you, but like no, my actions do. are a choice. Yeah. So when it backfires, sometimes I it it I take it personally, mm-hmm. and I'm working on that. Yeah, I'm I am just vomiting
1: all over I love you right this. now. This is great. This is what this you is do. But I you wanted. get people to do this, <laughs> right? It's a skill. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you really got it. Um, like, did you have to do the birds and the bees talk with them? Mm-hmm. What'd you say? Can I ask what you said? Yeah, Yeah. I just said- how did it go? I said, as
0: soon as you start to ovulate and have a period, you are 100% available to have a baby. And that happens when a dick goes in the vagina, sperm comes out, and sperm doesn't even have to go into the vagina and go near the leg and go around the lips. True, true story. I mean, that's literally- Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. Mm -hmm. I just said, and so just be really careful and wear condoms, and, and when it's time, we go to- Get you know, on birth control, like we do all this. And, and how
1: old were they when they were like asking these questions? Well, and it's stuff?
0: funny because uh they're so different. So it came at different ages. But for my 16-year-old, it was pretty. It was like 13,
1: 14. Mm-hmm. It was like that's late Isn't to it? ask about sex to like know oh, what I mean, sex is, or you mean about like birth control? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. yeah, I don't, I don't know. So I, don't like, think I think they, I learned about sex. When I, was I don't like think four. they asked me about okay. sex. So th- I don't know. I, I was. Kind of asking who's the person that explained like what sex oh. is and like how to handle. Don't their they do bodies. that in school? I mean, I feel like most kids ask before they address it in school. Most kids are like, "How did the baby get inside the mommy?" Yeah, I never got those questions. Wow. Maybe they were asking their mom. Maybe they asked their mom. Yeah, good, I dodged it. I'm kind of asking, so I'm like, I I'm gonna have a kid someday, and like, yeah. what do I do? You know? Yeah, what do you so say to like, them? Like, what kind of? Look, well, if I was
0: okay, say I'm seven, and I say. Oh, God. how do you have
1: a baby <laughs> well um <laughs> this is awesome this is, like role play well how do you have a baby um you have to be mature and grown up uh-huh. you have to well in th- you should <laughs> ideally <laughs> isn't this funny i'm not ready for this no i know and it's hard because you're like oh i just say it i'm just free i just say it no, and then, then you're like blah 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 I'm i, glad I remember ask like me. asking my mom though and i think i was like three or four my Oh geez, I'm a precocious. Yeah, you are. And my mom was like very upfront about it. I think she was just like the penis goes inside mm-hmm. the vagina, and I like probably didn't even know what those words meant. But I was like, ah, yes, got it. Okay, got it. Interesting. Oh my god, I give anything mom. to see you at that age. You probably look exactly the same. You didn't the you? same, basically the same. Little redhead running around. Uh, but but I always think I'm like, how does that? So okay, so just you Google had more it. of just the Google conversation. It. Did they come to you like? what do I do about birth control?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those questions come to me like, yeah, they're just, you know, cause it's a safe space and totally. it's still a parental figure, but it's not like, <gasps> yeah, lots of questions about drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. and what it does to you and how, like, you know, this whole world now of like, I take edibles every night before I go to bed, mm. but like trying to explain that, that it's not okay for you right. because you're a child and your brain right. is still developing. Like right. we have all those conversations right. and like funny, I was driving, we were driving to the, actually to the breast cancer, um, walk, uh, the charity event. And I had one kid in one car and my boyfriend had the other kid in the other car cause we were meeting there. And this like, bless her heart, like, like, like a crackhead was crossing the street. And I looked at my 13 year old and I said, I want you to look at this and I want you to see this because that is somebody's daughter. That is somebody's sister. That girl grew up probably similarly, maybe to you and something went wrong. Like Mm -hmm. what happened to her? I don't know, but like, I want you to experiment and have fun and do whatever you want to do. But like, yeah, there's a road that we can Mm -hmm. go down where Mm -hmm. a substance abuse becomes an addiction. And Mm. I do believe that addiction is hereditary and there's other things there, but I was just, I wanted her to see it and her eyes just like, so those are the kinds of conversations I have with her. And I'm like, don't try fucking weird things that you inject into your body. Like, right, don't, don't do coke. Just Ugh. don't, don't do any of it. You're too young. And she's like, okay, okay. So I don't know if I terrified her whatever, or whatever, but works. I showed her the girl that was walking yeah. across the street that didn't have any shoes on and, you know, looked like she could have at some point been quite okay and normal yeah, and yeah, wasn't. Yeah. I mean, this took a dark turn. No, Sorry. Okay. But yeah, when you're a parent, you have these conversations like, you're always like, oh, is this a teaching moment or should I just shut up? Right,
1: right. right. Wow, what a thing to juggle. I can't imagine. I mean, it's just like dealing with your own stuff is one thing. And then also having to deal with the stuff of like two little people you're trying to turn into better people.
0: Totally. And not take it personally when it doesn't like unfold the exact way Mm -hmm. that you want it. Mm -hmm.
1: And I feel like every, I really mean this. I feel like every family should have a stepmom. A You <laughs> can hire me. Yeah. <laughs> you should You should totally be a professional stepmom. And be like, don't want to have an awkward conversation with your kid? I'll do it. <laughs> like, well, I always tell married couples, I'm like, one of you should
0: really have an ex that you can ship the kids off to yes. for 50% of the time. Yeah, And also somebody that can help
1: you raise them. Yeah, Like, yes. everybody should have a step. Everyone That's an amazing idea. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting more and more into this idea of like, alternative ways to have a family yeah. and like, just like how so people so. you know there's been a lot kind of in the media lately about like there was some article about two straight friends who decided to have a kid together mm-hmm. and it's like they can still both other have like boyfriends and partners or whatever but I think it's just an answer to this thing that's happening of like women wanting a kid and knowing that they have their careers and their biological clock and maybe they haven't yeah. met someone yet and so there's just all different ways to do it nowadays there's surrogacy there's in vitro there's right. you know Artificial insemination, everything. So I'm just like, wow. What if we made a little commune group right? with a stepmom and every family? See? Just it would rent be so me, great. just yeah. rent me. I'll come in, mess things think, up. What is Molly's involvement? Does she is she familiar with these daughters? Yeah, yours?
0: So she yeah. So she, since I've been friends with her for so long, she knew them when they weren't my stepdaughters, right? And then she knew them when they were. Um, I would always kind of talk up with her about it because she is wired very similarly to my oldest stepdaughter. So she, Mm. she's really good at helping me sort of go, huh, Mm -hmm. that sounds like a pain in the ass, but Mm -hmm. it's similar. Here's what I was thinking around that age. So it's really, really, really helpful. Um, and also like, you know, I think Molly wanted kids and then the cancer kind of let me rephrase that. I shouldn't say that. Molly wanted the option to have kids, right? And then when it's something's taken away from you because of a disease, then all of a sudden you're like left with, oh, I don't, I don't have a choice here. Um, but she, you know, that chapter closed for her with all the cancer treatment and all of that. Right. So
1: then after that, then she was like, fuck kids. Kids are annoying. Yeah. Like, and I was like, I know, right? It. Cause someone, I guess someone could have been too with that diagnosis. Like I'm gonna adopt a kid. Right. Like I'm gonna have a kid, even though like I may not be around forever. Right. I want to do this thing. And she she was just like, nope, nope I'm going to go have adventures. Exactly. She was not just, really into the kid thing. Just so admirable. Did you adopt your daughters? No. No. So when did they? Because you're I, not married, right? No, we're or not married. I and assume you're like domestic partner. Yeah, is that what it is legally? I think it's so that weird. Because when I call him my boyfriend, I sound twelve. But when I call him my partner,
0: everyone assumes I'm talking about a woman. Right. So I just, I just, you yeah. He's. he's but we're not that. married.
1: I don't know. So when did they? But so when would you say oh, yeah. they became your stepdaughter? Like when we moved in, they
0: project. were yeah. When we moved in and created like a home with bedrooms and like a chore chart mm-hmm. and a backyard and a dog. I mean, that was like. God, nine years ago, mm-hmm. 10, nine and a half years ago, gosh, it's crazy to look back mm-hmm. and you all grow and change so much, but yeah, I didn't adopt that. Cause I think to adopt them, I'd have to be the, like they, you know, right. they have a mom. So I don't, I don't think I can adopt. Do they them. borrow your clothes? No, it's funny. I, they, <laughs> they're like, we're, it's funny because we are not shaped at all. Similarly, right? Like they are completely, but my stuff's too small on them. And they're like 13 and 16. I have a tiny little upper body, but my ass is huge. So like we can't wear the same clothing, but we did when they were little. They used to wear my clothes. Do they
1: ask you for like makeup and hair? <laughs> they help?
0: used to when they thought I was cool, but now they're well, like you're cool. You're clearly cool. You know I'm not. I'm not that cool, especially to
1: them. They're like I guess quirky, they're into that, like, like Billy Eilish. Grunge yeah, they're thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're mm-hmm.
0: crunchy and like into vintage. And I'm like, just because you buy it at Goodwill doesn't right. make it vintage. Right, right, right. But they 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 definitely. Um, they have their own idea of what they think is cool, and it has it's so far from what I think is cool. So that's another interesting thing. It's like when they're little, they just kind of go along with what I say. And now that they have their own ideas, they come out of their rooms, and I'm like, "Are you? Is that seriously what you're wearing? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, you look like you're going to the homeless shelter."
1: <laughs> have you had to deal with boyfriends of them? Yet? Yes, yes, has been that?
0: messy and fun all at the same time. Wild. Yeah, when you watch little people, they're not little, but when you watch young people make big people decisions, you kind of roll your eyes at the same time as like clench your heart because you know what it's like to be in that place and be yeah, trying yeah, to figure yeah, out yeah. who you are. I and they're know. really good kids and they're really in tune. So we talk a lot about like their relationships and what they want and what they like and what they think. But you know, they're teenagers. So fun. You know. I feel like
1: I always think about this I'm like, if I am a little daughter Mm -hmm. um I'm like she's gonna think I'm so cool because I'm like a dating coach I'm gonna be able Mm -hmm. to help her and I'm like she's not gonna come to me (laughs) absolutely not she's gonna be like I don't want mom's opinion again (laughs) plus the fact that like I also truly believe that you have to learn a lot of those lessons yourself and it's nice to have a sounding board but I know I'm gonna have to just like bite my tongue so many times and be like I cannot prevent her Mm -hmm. from making this mistake I have to let her make it on her own and like the majority of parenting is biting your tongue. Yeah, uh, yeah, my tongue's like on that. fire. Oh, yes.
0: Like uh, torture. It. it what is What is? Who said that? That having children is a. Oh my, my friend. <laughs> I do another podcast called Straight Talk with Ross, and um, we have a, another co-host. His name's Fagsy Malone. It's the nice. LGBTQ podcast. So um, Fagsy always says that having, a, having children is a form of self-torture.
1: It is. <laughs> it is. Why do we do it? It's like this fucked know. up biological thing we want, but there's like nothing good in it for us. <laughs>
0: I can't wait to, for you to have a kid and oh me come God. back and get to talk I'm to you I'm just going to be like, this is horrible. Why am I doing this? I was like, get your own apartment. Yeah.
1: I'll be like, so Matt, you're going to have the kid and I'm going to move out, but I will totally come visit. I'll be the stepmom. I'm the stepmom now of oh our own God. kid. That would be great. I love that idea. Um, okay. You are so like... This is so fun. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. You're so, like, it's, you're just
0: like, I don't know. I met you, what, five minutes ago? Yeah. And you just have that thing where, like, you just, people bare their souls to you. That's why you're so good at what you do. Thank you. Yeah. So much.
1: I try, you know. I've tried. Um, (laughs) By doing this podcast, Mm -hmm. did you, did it affect your relationship and your love life to kind of see this person, one, leave her husband, two, Mm -hmm go out on all these adventures and learn about herself and her sexual history and her preferences and other people's preferences. Did that kind of affect, what was the process and like, what was the effect that it had on kind of you and your relationship? Yeah,
0: that's a good one. You know, I, it's funny cause when, Friends sometimes get experiences usually like, well, well, should I be doing that? That that sounds funny. I don't think I had that feeling because Mm -hmm. I felt like I had done that and I had found my person, but it definitely kind of triggered my brain to go, oh, there's so many ways of expressing yourself sexually that sometimes we just forget about because when you're with the same partner, you have the same language and very rarely does someone come to the table and say... Hey, I, I want to try this. Or maybe yeah. let's do this. Yeah. Or maybe you think it, but you don't say it. Or it's a fleeting thought. Or in the moment, you're like, let's just do what we do. But it has opened my mind to yeah. just uh, other thoughts, other ideas, conversations. So it was kind of it kind of lit a little yeah. fire under me. And I hope that by listening to this, it can light a little fire under people who are like, oh, I, maybe I'd like to try this yeah. or that. Or I mean, the foot worship thing is kind oh, of God. fascinating. I'm not into feet. I think feet are weird. I love my boyfriend's feet, but like stranger's feet, Mm -hmm. I'd be like, get away. But like, there's something really intimate about like feet and hands and exploring body parts and being open to just kind of, I don't know, trying something new. I
1: love how down she is for everything. And she has like literally no judgment about any of it. I know,
0: it's amazing. I'm
1: like, I don't know how. She's just like so open. She's asking questions. She wants to learn things. And I'm just like. I mean I think some of it is that like thing that we all would like to think we would do if we were given that kind of a diagnosis yeah. of like I'm just not going to care anymore but I think yeah. you know you spend most of your life caring mm-hmm. and That's being true. like I got to care what other people think I got to keep myself safe I got to not you know catch STDs I got to and right. she's just kind of like oh, whatever let's mm-hmm. go and it's so great and I would just love for people to be able to listen to that and be like oh I don't have to be the thing that I've always identified as who i am right i can change it at any given moment i can decide yeah. you know yeah just because that's been my sexual dynamic or my relationship dynamic doesn't mean that it always has to be i'm never yeah. stuck that's and i think true. she shows that because she just decides yeah i'm gonna change oh, it. why not question
0: yeah
1: and this is kind of uh oh, okay so i noticed that like a lot of times she is really good at getting responses from people. Like she had a lot of just like, I mean, I assume obviously we didn't hear about people who just like didn't respond when she messaged them. Yeah. But she just got a lot of people to show up, got a lot of people to be real people, Mm -hmm. got a lot of people to talk to her. And I know that a big part of like app culture that I help my clients with is like, they're like, I don't get any dates. Or like, this person was messaging me and then they disappeared. Do you think there was right. something about her approach hmm. that made people respond to her more, or like so show up more, or like actually make good on the dates? I mean, I assume right. she doesn't really talk about her approach. I assume she wasn't just like, hey, want to have a sexual adventure? But no, maybe okay. she was. <laughs> no, it's funny. No, it was a very normal profile. Like if you go on,
0: you'd be like, oh who's this cute blonde, mm-hmm. who's like artsy and fun and cool. But I think this is the difference. And it's so amazing because your brain is so awesome. Because also n- I will say she's
1: 44. Yes. And so some people are like, it's because I'm old. It's because I'm this. And I'm like, I don't right, think no. so. I think yeah. there's something else in the approach. There's,
0: I think there's an energy, like, you know how dogs can smell fear? Or like, mm. what is that? Is that dogs that yes. smell fear? Right. Yes. I think that people can smell like desperation yes. sometimes. So yes. that's part of it. And I think the other part of it is... Is also if you're looking for a boyfriend and you get a dick pic, you're like game over, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Molly was like, I'm looking for a quote unquote boyfriend, not really just a date. You send me a dick pic, game on. Mm -hmm. So, I think that it, it starts from a place of she, in the beginning, not necessarily looking for like a partnership, was looking for. Sex, but mm-hmm. a normal chick on Tinder, or Instagram says, "If you're leading with that, we're on the we're on right, the, wrong, pa- the right, wrong page." Right, Molly right. liked to, to use that as like the crack to get in, yeah. And then maybe sometimes relationships were built from that, but mm-hmm. it was they were both in it for this like the same reasons, yeah. right? Like the sex. Yeah, I can't tell you how many yeah. masturbation videos and dick pics
1: and like, I've seen. You are such a supportive friend. Whenever <laughs> she was like, "Well, you saw that picture," I was like, "Whoa!" Like most friends it. don't I have, have seen that dynamic. Every Really? Yeah. Like, I of think- like showing their own stuff to their friends. Like I'd probably show a dick pic to a friend, but I don't know if I'd she be was, like, and here's a picture I sent of me naked or whatever. Yeah, she, you know? No shame in the game. I
0: think also when your
1: body, you go through a double
0: mastectomy, your body has been through the ringer and really sick. And something we haven't touched on yet in this conversation is that there were some real low lows, Mm -hmm. right? right? Like really sick days, weeks, months. Um, And so I think when you're that sick and laid out and just your body is wrecked, anything that you can do for her, anything that she could do to feel more in her body, she was down for it so for a normal girl on tinder getting a dick pic is like that's a turnoff but Mm -hmm. for her she was like oh there's a quick fix to feel more in my body and more settled into my sexuality than ever let's not waste time trying to see if we're going to enjoy the same fucking food right let's just like let's fuck
1: yeah like send me the dick pic i'll send you this let's meet and let's see where it goes well and what i also see about that is i can imagine as you're things like that are happening to your body. You don't feel super attractive anymore. And nothing can make you feel sexier than this person just wants to fuck me and use me for my body. Right. You know, that can really, sometimes it doesn't feel great. And other times it feels like, wow, still got it, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a great feeling. So, but I loved what you said about smelling the fear. Mm -hmm. This is something that I try to impart all the time is going into it. Like, are they relationship material? They can smell that. Right. And it's not attractive. It doesn't smell good. Even if they are relationship material, most people, most most men, I will say, don't walk around like, can't wait for someone to get me into a relationship. You know, they're like, I'm just trying to have fun. And if someone's cool enough, I'll agree to a relationship, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. starting from like, well, I have this list of deal breakers. And I didn't like that picture of you and your with your roommate, His roommate, you Like, she had none of that judgment. And she was just like, let me meet this person. They seem down, they seem nice, they seem safe. Right. I'm going to go meet them and have an adventure. And Maybe people who are not technically dying at this exact moment, although we all are, Mm -hmm. um, would have a harder time kind of shifting their brain into that. But I think if there's any way for people to be like, let me take this a little less yes. seriously and controlling and like mm-hmm. trying to figure out what the next 10 steps ahead are every time I go yes. on a date, you yeah, know, and instead yes, just have an adventure, right? Yeah.
0: If you would, if my boyfriend had a Tinder profile, I would be swiping, what's the wrong way? What's the way you uh, don't swipe? Left. I would be swiping left. Yeah.
1: I say that all the time, right? Yes. No fucking way no. on paper, yes. two
0: kids, ex-wife, musician from the Midwest, I, I would have been like, hell no, but I would have missed out on the most magical person. So maybe, like I said earlier, the line that you draw in the sand—maybe just stop drawing it so right. deeply and be like not it.
1: so deeply. Right? Like, just chill on the line drawing a little bit. Just like you know? like build a sandcastle instead. It's more interesting. <laughs> yes. <you know>? Exactly. <laughs> Let me see if there's anything else. Oh, talk a little bit about this maybe from your perspective. Um, and we we kind of touched on it a little, but in terms of like body confidence. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of questions about that too for people who are like, well, I'll start dating when I've lost that extra 10 pounds or when my skin is better or when I feel better about myself. And she had a bunch of shit going on with her body that could be kind of unattractive and embarrassing. Do you think there's a way for people to or how would people kind of embrace their bodies Mm. in the way that she was able to?
0: That's so good and such a good thing to pass on. No one ever, 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 ever sees you the way that you see yourself in the mirror. Mm. No one does nobody does nobody's looking at you that way nobody's immediately going to like I just I had a FaceTime client the other day and we were talking and she had a big uh zit in the middle of her forehead but I didn't even see it until she pointed it out
1: oh my god! I hadn't seen
0: it because my brain and I don't go to the faults I go to the whole person right like to the whole face right and that's that's it's an example of how we pick ourselves apart so much mm-hmm. Molly had scars on her breast she has like a port in her arm she had like sometimes bald patches in her head, but you're not looking for those things. You're looking right. at the whole person. Right. And so if there's anything I could say, it's just cut yourself a little slack. Do not wait to lose 10 pounds to find somebody. Find somebody that wants to be with, with you. With the 10 pounds. i the probably 10 pounds.
1: the same person would... 10 yeah. pounds more. Exactly. Like, no one is, you're right. No, no one, one is, is looking at you No one's you picking, yeah. like
0: get out of your own way. No one's picking you apart. No one's looking at the cellulite on your ass. No one's looking at the rip, you know, the, the, that's hanging over your jeans. And if that's what they're, if that's all they're seeing when they see you, then they're not really worth right. it. But right. get out of your own way and just right. hold your shoulders back a little more, puff your chest out a little more, lift your chin up a little more and just kind of fake the funk sometimes. Just get out there and just be. Sometimes you just have to put the motion before, like, the truth comes behind. Like, just try it. Just try it. What's the worst thing? Like, what's the worst thing that could happen, right? Right. Somebody says, ew, fuck off. Like, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Or that's not for
1: me. Okay. Okay, fine. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That sounds a little, like, I don't know. Easier said than done. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, but but listening to this podcast and hearing about this, I was very much, like, impressed by kind of that aspect of it, of just being able to embrace herself and also that... If someone had a problem with it, that wasn't someone she needed to spend yes. time with anyway. You know, and she had she, enough options yeah. of dicks. <laughs> Very important. Um, do you ever feel like she should have been looking for more of a connection, mm-hmm. or should have started this process earlier? Mm, or yeah. is there anything you would be like she should have done this? differently yeah. or do you feel yeah, like she, you, you
0: know? No. Isn't that funny? I think her journey was exactly what it needed to be. And it happens in the time that it happens. And, um, if you listen to the full series, it's six episodes. I think you'll understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. Cause it's a really like a beautiful unfolding of, of love. And it's, it's interesting because I think we always think we need to find our, our soulmate or our partner or our person, but not everybody's journey is meant for that. And right. sometimes it shows up in different ways. Right, and I think it can the way show up in different yeah.
1: ways. Your yeah. person can mean the person who makes you feel sexy for an afternoon. Totally. You know, and yeah. that's just as yeah. valuable. So it's
0: really, I th- I, I'd i be interested to hear what your your listeners think when they get to the end of the series and yeah. what their, their point of view is.
1: And also for most of it, she and I haven't heard the end. So, um, but for most of it, she doesn't disclose what's happening before she meets up with people. No one, none of of these guys know that she has cancer. Right. And I think that's interesting too, because that's another question I get is how much do I share about like Mm -hmm. what I'm going through with, you know, relationship baggage or life baggage or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know how much that stuff matters right away, you know, and this is a very extreme example, obviously. Yeah. But she was kind of like, that's my journey. Right. And I'm here for this. It's kind and of like the
0: same, like when you think about when to introduce the stepkids. Like right. right? Like introduce that stuff when there's but the connection between the two of you is pretty steady. Strong. And enough. it can exactly. and it can weather that storm. Totally. But if you start like with a rainstorm and there's no like, there was nowhere to go, you're just gonna fucking get wet and be tired and right. hate it. But right. like, give give the foundation some
1: time to build before I you love start. that. Yes. is 'cause so uh, I'm like, we all have baggage. Oh my don't god. Don't worry. <laughs> You'll like, see Like whoever it. <laughs> you're sitting across from has baggage that you will find out about, but you don't need to dump it all each other on each other right. at the first meeting or the second meeting. Yeah. She was like I'm just going to go seek a type of connection. Mm -hmm. And if it builds into a stronger connection, there's time for sharing everything. But you're right. You want to kind of test how much weight it can handle before you go dumping all of it.
0: And she doesn't want to be identified with the disease. Like the first thing, if someone's feeling bad, what's the first thing you say to them is, oh my God, are you okay? How are you feeling? And that's just not how she wants to show up in the world. And I think um, you'll get to see in episode five and six, like that Eventually, she does open up to, to some few, to a few people that feel worthy of it. Um, and it's, you know, it, that in itself is a really beautiful connection to have yeah. when you feel vulnerable enough mm-hmm. to say to somebody,
1: I'm, this is part of me, but it's not all of me. Right. 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 Another thing, real quick, that mm-hmm. I loved that you do on the podcast, and I wish we could do this in real life more, <laughs> is you call a lot of the people that she went on dates I with. Know, that was, that's, that's so, fun. so fun. I want to, I wish I could be like an anonymous fairy that calls all of my clients' <laughs> dates after they go. And I'm like, so, what's your take? What, how did that right. go down for you? Because you do that and it's so interesting. And it also turns them into such humans. I think it's so easy that to be like, a good point. I'm the human, you're the monster. Right. Or like, yeah. I'm the human, you're the blank slate that mm-hmm. I draw on. Like yeah. and, and all of these people are people and they were all there for different reasons. Yes. And the stories are so interesting. And I think that was a brilliant like decision by you Thanks, to, to yeah. make those phone calls and talk to, and I, they were so willing to talk about no, it too. I, well, it, it took some work. <laughs> I mean, well, not
0: not work and like coaxing them, but like sifting through and deciding who to reach out to. And although I got a lot, it's funny I got a lot of responses from from guys that were like, don't ever fucking call me. Just text me again. Because they, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what their story was, right? Wow. But But um, yeah, it's interesting to kind of, to hear their side of the story. And I yeah. think you nailed it, the human side. Like when Molly tells me the stories, I'm like, ew, whoa, yeah. what kind of guy yeah. does that? Yeah. And then here I am talking on the phone. I'm like, you're so lovely. <laughs> I think it's a good lesson about assumptions and it's a good lesson about um, kind of not pigeonholing people into totally. just their sexual experiences. Yeah.
1: And I think in this day and age, especially with the apps, we have such a tendency to just turn them into like a series of photos right? and like one experience we can tell to our friends and laugh. Totally. And it's like really nice to remember that they're a person with their own experience on the other side of that. And it's not always, you know, most of the people you talk to didn't become like her long-term boyfriends, but there wasn't any animosity, you know, it wasn't like she wasn't good enough for me or like, I didn't like this about her. It was just like, that's not what those people... We're doing in each other's lives. Right. And I think that's good to remember too, because people can take it so seriously when someone doesn't ask them on another date mm-hmm. or a third date or whatever. It's like, you might just be passing through each other's lives. Right? Like, that's that doesn't such good mean advice. that, you know? Yeah. There isn't necessarily something wrong with you because right. you had sex with someone and they didn't call you again. There were plenty of guys that Molly has like these connections with and that
0: kind of vanished and then came back and then vanished. Like you never know what other, but you never know what someone's carrying around or what's going on in their own lives. And yeah. I think, Getting out of your own way and taking it, not taking, this is coming from me, who's like the queen of taking things personal, personally, but just don't take everything so
1: damn personally. Right. Like it's right. exhausting. Right. It's not all about you and what you did or didn't do right or wrong. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two more mom questions. Mom. Have they ever walked in on you? No. Wow. No, never. Good job. I don't, I mean, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> Maybe I'll go home and ask them. I don't think that that's ever happened. Are they
1: ever like, you're being gross. Why are you kissing dad?
0: No, but the other day, no, no, they haven't because they think they like when we're affectionate and loving. Um, But the other day we were in the kitchen and Ella, my, uh, my oldest was standing there talking to us and Tommy just came over and kind of grabbed me and we just kind of started kissing, like just pecking, you Mm -hmm. know? And I looked over at her and she just had this deadpan look and she's like, are you guys serious? She's like, I'm like, is that uncomfortable? And she's like, not on like a relationship level, but just like a human level. Like you're just like, like. And I go, oh, you mean how you and your boyfriend used to do in front of me? And
1: she's like, oh, yeah, I guess. I guess Ah, that's right. But like, I was like,
0: oh, yeah, she's old enough to feel like, hey, I'm standing right i'm here. here this is weird i'm here for anybody yes. like yes.
1: stop wow <laughs> but also it is probably so good for them to see a loving relationship and be yeah. like oh that's what a relationship can look like right. so i shouldn't settle for my asshole high school boyfriend being mean to me or whatever exactly it's
0: great and we fight in front of them too like if we have a disagreement it's not like the kids are here right i'm like oh, no no no, no. we're gonna hash this out i mean wow. we don't get nasty and mean mm, and some fights not. are not meant for kids but i think it's sometimes for good for them to see Conflict and then a resolution and then love. Because guess what? You spend a lot of your time in a relationship fighting and discussing
1: conflict right? For sure, for sure. That's true, I love that. I never thought about that. Like the whole don't fight in front of the kids thing. Oh, they're so fragile. It's like, no, they're they're gonna, they need to learn how to fight. Right, Right. and they need to learn that a fight is not something that you like brush under the rug and be like, don't tell anyone about it. It's like, this is how you work on conflict. That's great. Do you have... How do you feel about the fact that you're going to be an empty nester soon? Woo! (laughs) Just making sure. Are you going to get a dog? Do you have plans? Like, what's your big, like... I'm. Are you gonna have a sexual revolution once they're out of the house? You're just gonna have sex in every room. Like, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? You don't have much time um, left. Are you that's planning a really for good it?
0: Ooh, you got me thinking, though. Thank you for asking. So, um, <laughs> you can
1: I can walk around naked. It's gonna be great. I know, right? Ugh. you know the thing is, they're there fifty. It's 50-50 custody. 50, custody 50. So I
0: do get my moments of of freedom to do mm-hmm.
1: that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I would. I have a big old giant Saint Bernard. I'm a dog. I love dogs. So like, she's my baby. But I have to say the idea of being like, this is going to sound, this is going to sound, I'm going to be really honest. The idea of them leaving, I think in theory sounds like freedom to me, mm-hmm. but I think when the actually, the nest is actually empty and they're not there and I don't sort of have them to think about, I actually think I will definitely miss them. So I'm trying to hold that in my head while I'm having these, you know, these times with them. Cause it's only what, four more years yeah. until my 13 year well, Yeah. Both of them. Um, so I'm trying to be in that space of like, oh my gosh, this is limited, right? Like this is a limited amount of time. Yeah. But there is a part of me that's like, look at my watch. Like when we, <laughs> yeah, <let's laughs> when do it, we- <laughs> let's do it, ready. Get an apartment. Get an apartment, and we'll meet for dinners yeah. and be like the best of friends. Gonna but I don't want to clean up, you know, your spit out of the bathroom sink anymore.
1: I wonder what's gonna happen to your boyfriend if he's gonna have like a weird reaction. He probably will because he is
0: such a mush and I think he's gonna really 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 miss them mm-hmm. so I'm gonna try to be extra nice to him these next five years and let him like do all the things he wants to do as a dad mm-hmm. so he doesn't
1: hate me like That's good. and so when they leave you can just start asking for a lot more attention to fill that gap in his life it's just like the <laughs> right? nicest thing you can do you should just become really high maintenance <laughs> They're like, I'm just okay. trying to make sure you don't feel bored <laughs> or like not needed because I need you to rub my feet. Okay. This has been amazing. You are amazing. Thank I'm you so grateful. much. Thank you for making your podcast, which is called Dying for Sex yeah. on Wondery. I can't recommend it enough for all mm. the reasons we talked about and so many more. The final episode comes out today. Oh my gosh. Yes, today. Um, which is very exciting. I have to go listen to it. It's Cannot so wait. Uh, probably going to Cry, yeah, so it's like, gonna, okay. soul, it, yeah. like it's beautiful it's, it's good for the soul. Great, yeah. I'm um, gonna get my chocolate bar ready. <laughs> and thank you for joining me. What else do you want to promote for yourself? Oh, that's so nice. Um, you can follow me. I love I love going back and forth on social. It's at Nikki Boyer, at Nikki Boyer, N I K K I B O Y E
0: R on Instagram. Yep, yeah, and and Twitter. And then I also, if you want to go to Dying for Sex, it's it's at Wondery.com. Obviously, you can find it there, but anywhere you find your podcasts, or there's Dying for Sex Podcast.com, so mm-hmm. you can search for it there. And also, I host another podcast with my friend Ross Matthews. So, Straight Talk with like Ross. From like Drag Race? Yeah. <gasps> so, we have a podcast called Straight Talk with Ross that we do Shh. once a week. It's amazing. You should come on. I should. Wait. I you mean. should come on Straight Talk with Ross. And- I'm oh, dying wait. right now. Yes, because because we have Fagsy Malone and CJ and Ross who are all like, sing- well, they're in relationship. But, but we need yes,
1: yes. 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 Okay, done. Yes. We <gasps> should do this. Okay. Everyone should. Follow Nikki on Instagram. <laughs> I'm going to go do it right now. Listen to Dying for Sex and Wondery. And what is it with Ross? What's it called? Straight Talk with Straight Ross. Straight Talk with Ross is your other podcast. Yeah. You're amazing. Thank, Thank you for coming I over. Thank you for sharing. You. Yeah. Thank you to Molly. Thank you to you. Thanks. You're great. Bye. Bye. Just the tip, a dating tip. I think this one is obvious as they often are, but basically don't wait to have some experiences. Don't wait to remove some of your parameters and your judgments and your decisions about your own dating life, sex life. Go out there, have an adventure, try and take the pressure off of yourself and the other person and be open to whatever could happen. And ask yourself at any given moment, you know, doesn't have to be this morbid, but if I found out my life was potentially ending or something major was happening, how would I change? And how would I approach my dating life, my sexuality, my sexual life differently than I have been up until this point? I think sometimes we get very stuck in our ways and we tell ourselves a story about ourselves and we're the only ones proving that story true. So it's within your power to change, change your habits, have an adventure, get out there, stay safe. But like, enjoy your life and do things differently than you have. And go listen to this podcast. I think you'll find it very inspiring. It is called Dying for Sex on Wondery. If you'd like to be coached privately or on the podcast, reach out to us, NotYourTherapistPodcast at gmail.com. Send your listener questions to NotYourTherapistPodcast on Instagram. Thank you so much to our amazing guest today, Nikki Boyer. She is Nikki Boyer on Instagram. She also has the podcast Straight Talk with Ross. Check out the podcast Dying for Sex on Wondery. It is amazing. Thank you to Josiah Thorngate, my amazing editor, Christine Bartolucci, Melissa Gruen, all of you for listening, rating, reviewing, and making dating fun.